Hey Zen friends, welcome to Crazy Zen Life. I'm your host, Brittany Swan. And I'm your host, Shannon Kessler. Join us as we navigate life on and off our yoga mats. This is a podcast about mom life, boss life, and body life. Real conversations about self-discovery and the journey of becoming more mindful in this crazy Zen life. Yay! Welcome back to Social Ketchup. I'm so excited because we actually have a theme, a theme for this, this episode. It's a really good theme. We do. We love a good theme around here. And I can't think of, you know, a better theme that we talk about on a pretty consistent basis than the one we're going to talk about today. Brittany, what are we talking about on social today? Just all the shitty things. <laughs> bunch of shit. Things Just talking fun. about a bunch of shit. Shit. Just shit. Just shit. I mean, this would be the best time to have like a drinking game. How many times can we say shit? in the whole podcast so turn it oh. down if you have, actually should not we had the explicit on our podcast yeah for a reason this. yeah if we were doing laundry talk uh this would be a good time to uh <laughs> to raise your glasses while you fold your laundry and take a sip every time we say the word shit like i'm I, pointing like andy cohen uh, like does like if you hear this word <laughs> take a drink <laughs> that's great that would be great this word I love, love, love uh, folding laundry and listening to a podcast. So if you guys are doing that while you're, while you're listening to us, hats off to you. Cause most of the time I'm listening and consuming something like some kind of things auditory. It's like this, but I do have to give you an update about what's going on in my week. Okay. Yeah. What's going up? Shitty, shitty thing. So I wake up on Thursday, no, today's Thursday, it's Wednesday. And um, I have a faulty toilet in my guest room. Now, guest room toilet gets used a lot, not only by just my family, but just I have a f- constant rotating door of people staying in the guest room, which is that's why we moved down here. We love it. I would never change it for a million bucks, but it is a rather older toilet. We are looking to get everything renovated. So that's it. So I walk in and of course my son, God love him has, has left some stuff and I go to flush it. The flush is not working. A big surprise, Brittany in the potty. (laughs) So I of course can't fix it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And we're getting ready to literally gut the entire, the entire bathroom down to the studs. We're doing that whole, that whole section of the house is getting done starts on Monday. So I'm like, I'm not buying a new toilet. This toilet is old. I just need it fixed. And to get a plumber in here to fix a very old, basically they call it, um, the DeLorean of toilets. They, they're like, listen, this, I, can, I don't even have parts for this toilet. Like this toilet needs to be in a museum somewhere. Like how are you? It was a flush and a prayer every single time. <laughs> He's like, how is this still working? But he did, he got it up and working. I, I, I was able to flush it down. I told the plumber, there's nothing worse than bringing in a plumber to your house. This is don't open that. <laughs> But also plumbers are like, that's all they do. They deal with shit and other people's shit all day. He did not act. Well, he was like, got it. But also like, man, come on. You know, so um, it's just been one of those weeks that's just like, it's like constant shit. Like we're having projects that we're starting on a project in our garage. It's taking way longer. It was supposed to be done yesterday. And now it looks like it's not going to be finished till next week. I know if anyone's, anyone's been through this, you've been through it. It's just like, it's constantly takes a little bit longer than you think. And I know it's nothing new, but I really thought these people were, because just by the way that they were just, just Johnny on the spot the first day, I was like, oh, well, it's going to be great. It's like, eh, just kidding. <laughs> Hence why I'm in my closet. 
I cannot be in my guest room where I have been because there's hammering and nails and a lot of, um, music. So, okay. yes, That's, but it's still going to be a great podcast. We have a lot of good topics. I'm very excited. Yeah. I, I can't wait. Like this is a, we've got all kinds of good stuff today. We're going to do a little Kanye catch up. We're going to talk about the crazy interview that Jamie Lynn Spears did with um, Alice, Alex Cooper on call me daddy. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about it, an Eminem makeover. And I'm not talking about Eminem, the rapper. I'm talking about Eminem, the candies. So buckle up guys. It's going to be, it's going to be a good one. All right, coming in hot. What's we got on Jamie Lynn Spears? Shane, you kick this one off. Okay, so we mentioned last week that there is some social media beef between the sisters. You've got Brittany, Shane, and Jamie. Jamie throwing shade at Brittany. These two are like having it out over Twitter, over Instagram. It gets a little cloudy. You're not really sure like what the hell's going on, who's saying what, like who's talk- who's chasing who with a knife, and why is there a sweet potato in your caption? I don't know. It's all kinds of crazy. But we did uh, listen to the full part one and part two episode of the Call Her Daddy podcast where Jamie Lynn Spears is being interviewed by Alex Cooper. And hats off to Alex because she doesn't hold anything back. I mean, I I feel like it's a very respectful interview, but she also has the questions. Like, as I'm asking the questions, Alex is also asking the questions. I'm like, okay, good. She thought about that too. So it kind of starts with, um, when it starts off with like, Okay, so this is your book, but what was the original name of your book? And for anybody, we talked about this a while ago, and this probably in the summer. Um, Jamie Lynn released a book, and it's out. And she, quote unquote, originally the um, the title was "I Must Confess," which we know. I must confess. Went over that last week. Yes, um, which is a, you know, big Britney pop song. Um, and then immediately Jamie shuts it down, and she's like, "No, no, no, no." That was never the name. That was, you know, I don't know how that even got out there, blah, blah, blah. So you're like, mm, okay, okay. So um, it, it, it kind of get it leads in with, all right, so let's talk about, you know, your side of things and, you know, why, why are you here? Why do you want to, you know, clear your name, so to speak? And it just goes from there into a, what comes across as a very self-centered and self-absorbed person telling a story. Now, I can only imagine, because I did not grow up in the shadow of a pop icon. I I did not live that life. So, and also let's remember that Jamie Spears and Lynn Spears were the same parents that raised Brittany, their brother, and Jamie Lynn. So like everybody's being parented by the same people, and yet, you know, with all three kids, they're going to all three have different experiences, obviously. But, um, you know, Jamie makes it a very big point to say, I was very young. If I could count how many times she said, I was just a kid. I was so young. I don't remember. Like anytime she can't remember a detail, she's like, I don't know. I was just a kid. I don't remember. And I'm like, hmm, that's okay. But you're telling a, you're telling a story. you you wrote a book. And again, this wasn't a tell all about Brittany. This was Jamie Lynn's experience I think growing up and again I have no desire to read this book not I don't want to give her any money I have no no desire at all to do that however I am very curious as someone who is in an interview writing this book she's super vague like there are you know she's painting like oh this one time this happened but like gives zero 
explanations and like you're you're constantly wanting more and it's like why are you here like if you were here to talk about your book but you're not really saying anything in your book other than like these little glimpses of things and it was almost like I don't know Brittany if you if you thought this too like was there somebody else in the room because I felt like she kept asking like am I allowed to say this or can I say this kind of like I kept hearing her kind of go away from the mic a couple times and be like can I can I talk about that like I have receipts can I talk about this I don't know if you picked up on any of that but I was like it was on video, but it's Spotify video. So it cuts to different uh, yeah. people and, and they were alive in person. Um, I thought that I picked up on that as well. And so did Alice or Alex, always Alice. Yeah. Alex, she picked up on it too. Not just the pausing, but even the pauses in the book. She said there were several stories that you would go into. And then it was just like, that was it. Like there was no, there was no like, oh, now I understand that this situation led to this, or I've resolved it through here. Um, now looking back, it's just, she didn't ever, it, nothing ever materialized out of it to actually offer any, any purpose to the book yeah. for like the story, like the, the knife story, or when her mom went off on her in different ways about her dad and stuff like that. I mean, and, and when Alex points this out and she's like, you know, you, you go into a lot of different stories, but then it's just, they kind of fall off into the book. Was that on purpose or was it just, was there any kind of reason to do that numerous times? Because I read your book and, and, and a lot of this seems to kind of not lead to any direction. So, right. and I feel like that was a lot of the interview. She, she kind of kept on the same thing. It's like her, her lawyers or whoever, we're guiding her the same way. And it's not, she said so much, but so little. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Cause the, the interview itself is a two-parter and it's about maybe an hour and 45 minutes, hour and 50, like split up into two. So, I mean, if, I would definitely recommend taking your time to, you know, to listen through it, but there's a couple of parts that I want to talk about. The, when she's younger, she kept saying that, you know, the relationship between Justin and Brittany um, she took really hard when they broke up because she looked at Justin as like a really positive male role model in her life. And I was like, okay, you know, I could see that. I mean, it, see that. Yeah, I could absolutely I mean. see that. Um, but it almost felt like too, that she was ashamed of Brittany for breaking up this relationship. It was almost like, I, I don't know, like they just kind of came across that, like, you know, she almost felt like she had Justin's back with all of this. And she's like, you know, Brittany, in, they were both just doing things that kids would do. It's just they were in the spotlight. And, you know, I was just really sad to see him go because he's such a positive role model. And like, I didn't want to lose that. And I was like, for someone who get, keeps claiming that all you want to do is have your sister's back. It sounds like you started from a pretty young age really not having your sister's back on this one. Like you were, they just kind of like, you know, she wanted to pull into that Justin lane pretty, pretty quick. And then she goes I on like, felt that way too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I totally felt that way too. I felt like we both have siblings. Um, I don't have a female sibling, but I do have a sibling. And I just know that when you say it, I mean, you listen, you can fight to the day is long with your sibling and just roll your eyes and and all that kind of stuff. But to the, you know, at the end of it, usually you, you support them at least. And it felt like she was doing just enough to say, to say like, Oh, you can't come, you can't clap back at me. Right. But to me behind those words was basically like, yeah, but she kind of fucked up. Right. And I don't yeah. support, I don't support any of this. And even when she goes into, um, 
Crimea River and talking about how Justin put that out, but then she has to make sure that she adds the Britney song every time. Be, that's the name of the song uh, every time I, because you know that was a really emotional time she's like well you know I do remember her writing that on her piano and that was it right yeah she spends all this time talking about Justin and the effects of the breakup on her but then she's like yeah that was really hard for Brittany I said yeah. I watched her write her own piano yeah silent I was like Okay, that was weird. And then, um, you know, she gets pregnant when she's 16 years old. And this was a very interesting part of the book because there were a couple things that didn't really line up that I was like, does she know that she sounds like it, like that this is like, these equations are not adding up. Um, but she talks about getting pregnant and how the team, and she keeps calling a team, but she's like, but I don't know who these people were. She's like, I was so young. I just don't know. You know, I wasn't paying attention. I was like, I fucking call bullshit on that. Like, there's no way you're going to be a star of your own TV show and you don't know enough about the people around you or your quote unquote team in which are you have to answer to who your parents are answering to. Like, you seem to know a lot of things, but when it comes to important facts, you conveniently forget and you you misplace that as. I'm sorry, I don't know if it's misplacing, but she blames it on, I was so young. I just didn't know. I wasn't paying attention. And I was like, that's fucking bullshit. I call bullshit on that. That's fucking um, bullshit. And I'll tell you why that's bullshit. I can remember the lunch menu every single Friday when I was 16. I also remember every single teacher that I had from probably ninth grade to senior year. So I call bullshit on that. I would be able to remember every single team that I had. And especially you point out, I mean, she's making she said it at one time, a very strong paycheck. Yeah. So you have to know who's managing your money is beside your dad or who's managing you a little bit. So you don't know, you don't remember your manager's name. You don't remember who's your agent's name. Right. Yeah. I I didn't believe that either. I was like, no. So there's some controversy of this. And if you guys, um, notice like this week we put out like a a podcast roundup and on one of them we talk about the uh, beyond the blinds and there's a Jamie Lynn 101 and if you haven't listened to that I highly encourage you to go listen to it because it's going to break down a lot of um, speculations on Jamie Lynn's pregnancy and who's really the father because in her book and on in this interview she talks about her she doesn't mention him by name she never mentions the baby daddy's name in the interview, I don't know if she mentions it in the book, um, but that he lived in Mississippi. And at one point, you know, she's like driving down, knocking on the door, letting him know like, hey, I'm pregnant. This is happening. And he doesn't want to have anything to do with her. And then just a couple minutes later, she's talking about, you know, she's with the love of her life, but I didn't want any, you know, but in the same breath, she just told us that that guy didn't want to have anything to do with her. So I was like, is he the love of your life or is it not? So it was a very like contradictory story, but in the behind or um, in the beyond the blinds, there's speculation that Jamie Lynn's daughter, her first daughter is a love child between Jamie Lynn and her director from Zoe 101, Dan Schneider. So, right. At first, I was like, no, that can't. No, she's 16. She's a baby. And she even talks about being a minor and, you know, all of these things that she was going through as she was so young. I was like, there's no way. But then, you guys, I went to the Internet and I looked up pictures and side by side, it is very hard to look at those pictures and to think that it's not Dan's baby because they have so many similarities. Oh, Dan Snyder's baby? Yes. Picture of the daughter and him yes. side by side. 
Yeah. I was like, what? No. And I was like, oh, shit. Now, we've never, like, never, or she does not mention the, who the father of the baby is of, of this first kid. Um, but she also doesn't say anything else about that child having a relationship with its biological father. Do you notice, do you ever pick up on that? Like, she's married now a child with who she's married with now, but she never talks about the relationship between her first daughter and that biological father. So. Right. She, all she says basically is like, I drove to using air quotes, Mississippi. And just hours before they were shipping me off to New York to go. Oh, I'm going to touch on that. But before she has to leave to go to New York to, I guess, go into hiding. And then she says she's shipped off to a cabin somewhere. She still doesn't know where that is. But she had like, to pay how do for you it. Know? That she does know. She's like, oh, I know I paid for it. And it was very expensive, but I don't know where it was. I just know that we drove hours outside of New York City. I mean, like, I'm like, you didn't know. You didn't know if you were in Massachusetts or Connecticut. Now, you, also, you yeah, know. we should also mention that her team also encouraged her to go into hiding during this pregnancy. And she also mentions that when she found out she was pregnant and that she had to go away because that's what the team wanted, she immediately drove to Walmart and bought a bunch of burner phones. Why what? someone need to buy a bunch of burner phones? And she was like, because I didn't want someone tapping into me and selling my story. But that bitch done sold her story to OK Magazine because she sold the exclusive rights to her pregnancy story and, and all of that to OK Magazine. But Just she months later. I'm like, Mm-mm. no, there's this- Alex, Alex pointed that out. She's like, so, but you say that you didn't, you did, you wanted to own your own story, but yet you sold your story mm-hmm. to okay. Magazine just months later. So you can see how the world can kind of be skeptical about that. Right. It's just, we're not saying that, you know, do you, I, I always thought like people deserve to tell their story and I could only imagine what that is. Like we just said, living in the, in the spotlight of you know, behind a, a huge star as Britney Spears is. And I know there's probably a lot of things that were said, done, whatever. But at the same time, it's just like, we're calling a lot of bullshit because she she had a ton of opportunities. The only text message thread that she's sharing is from 2020. Girl, you were 20, you were 28 at the time. Right. You know, right from wrong. You can't claim you were, I was young and dumb. No, this is, listen, if you could rent a car, you can definitely find a way to help your sister out sibling or not don't then don't claim you have her back as well yeah and you know? she does go into that yeah saying like you know I did text her and she you know she just conveniently forgets that I you know I've had her back this whole time and it's like but did you because it didn't really feel like that and again I don't know what it does she doesn't really go into detail about how much communication she was allowed to have other than her trying to, she she goes into like, you know, she did try to help Brittany dissolve the conservatorship. And she's like, you know, I know some lawyers down here that, you know, gave me some advice and I sent that to her. And she very much made it clear that the Brittany's lawyers were very much behind the um, wanting to keep this going. Because she even says that her dad wanted to end the conservatorship a long time ago because it was too exhausting. There's too much money going through. Um, but but it was meant to be legal. Yeah. And that um, Britney's lawyers were the ones that were really kind of keeping that ball rolling. Now, do I believe that? I don't know. But it like out of the things that she does say that seemed to have the most like momentum and truth behind it. 
you know, because you know how sometimes when people are like trying to backpedal or like calculate their next move and what they're going to say, that conversation did not go that way. She was very forthcoming with like, no, this is, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I feel like somewhere along there, you know, there might be some truth, but I just, I just, the whole time I kept writing, I kept writing notes. I'm like, how does she not know who's running the show? Like she just keeps coming back to, you know, she, and she did say that she was a difficult child to raise. She did say that there was, you know, she was an asshole to her mom for a long time. Um, but like, man, she just, and again, there was a point where she said, and I wrote this down. Where's my, oh, here it is. She's like, I'm allowed to tell what happened to me. And it wasn't like I'm giving myself permission. It was the, no, my, it, the way that she said it was like, I'm, a, I'm allowed. Like I, I can do this. I've been told that like, no, as long as it's pertaining to you and your point of view, you're allowed to say what happened to you. So it's like, hmm. Okay. Well then why now do you want to tell this story? So I think the timing on it is very, you know, conspicuous. And also the amount of, or I guess the lack of information that she's willing to share is also very interesting in this. And she keeps saying, she's like, I just want to clear my name because I'm, and listen, I, I don't think anybody deserves to get death threats. I just don't like, I don't, I mean, I know that she's like, people are coming after me. They're coming after my family. And like, I, you, you know, like that's never, I never think that's okay. And in, you know, any capacity. Um, and, you know, she's like, I just want to clear my name and I just want to explain to my kids like what's happening and what's going on. And I'm like, okay. But you didn't really explain But shit. you didn't accomplish that. Right. And you're not taking responsibility. Like everything seemed to be passing it off on somebody else. There was not one point where she was like, I wish I would have done this different. I wish I would have fought harder to get in contact with her. I wish I would like none of that. I realize my mistakes now. I realize yeah. I, I, I truly do wish. I mean, I think that's what the public was honestly just wanting because, yeah. and only because this is such a public topic, like everyone was on the free Britney movement. I mean, they, from movie stars to political figures to Walmart greeter, like, I mean, everyone was on the movement. And the fact is like, I mean, you're, you're saying like, I want to clear my name. I want everyone out of my business. This is the last time I'm talking about it. Sorry. It's not going to just go away because this is, everyone's been so inundated. And now that you're kind of making, you're bringing all this stuff to light, honestly, you're bringing to light a lot of family drama, like the knife thing and all that kind of stuff, whatever, if it existed or not. But I think in the end of it, like she, this is not going to mend anything. And unfortunately it's just going to push them farther apart. And I don't, honestly, I don't see any reconciliation happening. I don't either. It's going to be harsh. Yeah. Speaking of non-reconciliation, see what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> Been at this for three years. Come back. Uh, Okay, so the, the the topics that are keep coming back around, of course, are Britney Spears and Jamie Lynn. And of course- Oh boy, Kanye. Oh, what is that Kanye shithead doing now, Brittany? Can you hear head. the word? Yeah. <laughs> shithead two, number two, number two. Listen, guys, I don't know if you're you're hip to the game, but he put out another interview with Hollywood Unlocked, and I will save you that 44 minutes and 37 seconds, and I will tell you the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. Now I, I will post a link in the show notes and don't worry, we'll do it. Uh, if you do want to check it out because you know, he goes on a rant or several, what's he saying, but here, I'm just going to, I'm just going to break it down. So 
Hollywood, uh, he opens up to Hollywood Unlocked on an interview that he basically is titled, This is My Own Narrative. And in this interview, he talks about several different things that have been in the pop culture headlines. Um, but he starts it off basically with the iconic dinner that everyone was talking about a few weeks ago or maybe two weeks ago. I don't know. The time timeline's kind of crazy uh, that he was went to dinner with his new girlfriend. I'm using that, that loosely. I think that's a political or the just publicity, but uh, with mm-hmm. Floyd Mary. Yeah, totally. Uh, Floyd Merriweather um, and Madonna. And he just points out, he's like, you know, I always put these kind of dinners together. This is something I really like to do. Um, just kind of respectfully, like when I honor these people in real time, I was like, you know, you do you. But then he immediately pivoted the conversation to these cousins that he's had. Now this is, I haven't been super into the Kardashian family for a long time, but I guess he does have this famous cousins that kind of travel with him. They're his bros. And, and he had, they have a good relationship with um, the Kardashians as well. So during this dinner, they openly talk about the cousins going to meet with Kim about the issue when Kanye went to drop off North at Kim's house and he was blocked by security. And if you guys remember, North wanted, this is what, according to Kanye, North wanted to show uh, Kanye his, her new room and all this kind of stuff. And security said, no, you can't go in because Kim's new boyfriend is there. Now the Kardashians has said like, that's not happened. Pete's never been at the house. That's what they're saying. So at, at that time, he was just really distraught. He's, he couldn't believe that his family had come to this. And he sent his cousins in to meet with Kim. It took a couple of days for this to happen. And basically, the whole intention was around this meeting that the cousins were going to help settle everything. And by settling, basically, like not calling Kanye crazy. Because in his mind, he's like, well, why, why am I the always the crazy one? Why am I the one that's so erratic? Why am I the one that's doing all these crazy things? like, you didn't think I was crazy when you put me as an executive designer for your Skims brand. You didn't think I was crazy when I helped you guys make $2 billion. Those are his words, not mine. So he basically is saying that he feels that he's not supported because they're picking and choosing when he's going to be crazy. Wait. So then (laughs) you want to comment on that, that Shannon? Uh, Yeah, I think that's called bipolar, right? And there's medication for that. And when you take it, you do have a a sense of stability. And when you're off your meds, you seem to go a little manic. So go ahead. Continue, Britt. Yeah, it's a, it's a little crazy. Um, On top of that, he goes into basically why it shouldn't be a problem with him living across the street from or next door to Kim. And, you know, honestly, I, this is the one thing I will always support. You know, if you, if you're a father to your children, you have a right to see your children. If you're not causing them any harm or any kind of malice, I think that, yes, that you, you should, you should be able to have, have access to your kids. He gives an, he gives an example that he grew up, um, his mother and father decided to separate. He moved to Chicago. His dad decided to stay in Atlanta. They were separate. He said that did so much harm to him. He had ability to be anywhere that his kids are. And if he, he would, he wants to be absolutely the closest he can at all times to his children, because that's the kind of father he's always set out to be, you know, I, I, you know, I can't slam that. I was like, you want to be there for your kids a hundred percent. You've got that right. Do it. He also pointed out that he just, but also when you dip off to, um, Montana for six months and you kind of go off the grid when things get a little haywire back home, Yeah. but okay, go ahead. 
but Kim didn't want to. And also he was trying to move to some dude ranch. Right. I, yeah. It doesn't escape me. I think he just yeah. pointed out what sure. this is just his. Idea. Um, he also points out that he wants to make sure uh, this is after he decided not to move to Wyoming or Montana, um, that he wanted to be very close because he does know that it's very unlikely for him to get 50, 50 custody of his children and all this kind of stuff. Cause the, the laws are not, not written for fair for um, men and all he goes into a whole thing. So that's, then he pivots from there. Um, he does go quite political. I will say um, he goes a little bit off the rails um, and, you know, I, it's worth a listen to if you really want to see like why the breakdown of like why he wore the MAGA hat, why he met with Trump, why he feels the way he does about Planned Parenthood and all this other stuff. So, I mean, if you want to hear it, it's, I'll put a link in, but then he goes into another meat and potatoes kind of concept, which you've probably seen in the headlines um, is that he, he says that he basically intercepted a second second sex tape um just hours before kim went on snl and what he says is that while kim was getting ready for snl when she was when she debuted or uh, hosted he had to go to the airport pick up this tape the so-called second sex tape before it was going to be leaked to out into the public and it was with ray j and now that was who the first one was with but i guess there's a second one that got <laughs> it or um I guess came out and he said that he was the one that intercepted it and he showed it to Kim. She had a ton of tears and she was crying about it and that she was so thankful that he was able to, to be there for her. And then he just thought it was a big slap in the face that when he was watching SNL, her hosted and everything and go through these skits, watching her make out with Pete Davidson. And that's when he decided to, to depart SNL early. And that is documented. It, he was shown leaving the SNL early. So now Kardashian clan has now said that it, that's not the case. Like this, there was no second sex tape intercepted. There was the tape that was like found, but it was just of like, like a dinner or something like that. And even Ray J has come forward and said like, listen, take my name out of this. Like I'm trying to make this tech company happen. So back. So, right. you know, it, it is a lot of rants. It is a lot of like, back and forth like everyone loves me he does have definitely has like a little bit of a god complex going on so that's just what i'm saying yeah he also has this uh tendency to want to be like the knight that comes in on the horse and like saves the day like and this is another example of you know like with the well you know you wanted me to help you with being executive designer on your brand i'm coming in to save the day for skims i'm coming in to save the kardashians and make them even more famous i'm coming to save the day by you know getting this sex tape out of kim's view she don't need your help kanye she figured out how to do the first one she'd be okay if and when there was a second one so it's good boo it's good you need back up I think if there was something, I think they would kind of call it out for what it is, especially if it came out, if it was back in 2002, it could be, I mean, honestly, even if it got into the wrong hands, I feel like that it, I, I don't think at this point, it's not it. something we haven't seen, right? Like, it's like, this wouldn't be new things that would break the internet. Like the first one did like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's an interesting interview. Um, also, what I took away from it, she, he does mention his new quote unquote girlfriend a couple of times. I, I'm not buying it, guys. I wouldn't. I am not buying this. It's a weird, weird relationship. And um, uh, that's going to implode within the next 30 days. 
to me. It can't be any weirder than the denim suits they were wearing at Paris Fashion Week that we posted a couple of days ago. Like, oh, that was terrible. Odd. And he did her makeup. Is that what that was? Literally, he did her, her makeup. Yeah, there's like a video of it. Oh, wow. Because now, they and that's a whole thing. Like, I don't know, last week, oh, I did. With Julia does all kinds of interviews now. And they're both doing these weird interviews. It's just so in our face. And I just feel like it's interesting. And listen, I tune in. I'll tune in all day. <laughs> Well, Brittany, I'm glad we have your boots on the ground on this, you know, Kanye, keeping up with Kanye. Like, <laughs> we really should do the Lord's work, friend. <laughs> uh, you know what, though? I, I you know, th- this is my Sunday service for you. There you go. There. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate oh, you fighting the good fight for us down here, Britt. We really do. <laughs> we do have one last, like, lighthearted thing to add. It's kind of fun. I don't, I mean, Anyone like M&Ms out there? You know you got your favorite color. You know you do. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. Back in, I think it was either my junior or senior year in high school, there was the introduction and we we had to vote because we were getting a new color of M&M. And that new color was the blue M&M. And I voted no change. And you know why I voted no change, Brittany? Because they took out the light brown M&M and that one was my favorite. They just took out the light brown and put in the blue. And I was like, what do you mean? Why can't you just add a blue? You'll need to take out the light brown to add a blue. But they're like, no, 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 too many colors. And I was like, that's messed up. And I voted no change. And to this day, I'm not making this up. I don't eat the blue M&Ms out of spite because I still carry that grudge with me. <laughs> it's been 20 years, longer than that, 30 years. And I'm still like, they, my kids know like, oh, mom, here's a blue one. I'm like, cheers, take it, not eating it. Voted no change. No. I forgot about the light brown M&M. Yeah. Man, that's a trip down. Okay, this, I have, I've got to find this picture, but there was one night that I was babysitting and I got really bored, but the family had like a five pound bag of M&Ms and I made a green Jeep Wrangler out of M&Ms and I used the light brown as my tan interior and it was bomb. I couldn't have done that with blue interior. That would have been a mess. I used the light brown. I'll never that's forget funny. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eminem's not forgetting about the knee-high boots that they put on the green Eminem, and they are about to lose the boots and put this yes. girl on some sneaks because she right. needs to be ready to run. They're he like, does. we're not going to centralize these these candies, these 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 candies that have had to carry the weight of eyelashes and big boots for 20, 30 years. You know, and people are, they've got polarizing opinions on this. Some people want to keep the green, you know, keep the sexy green M&M, keep the snarky brown, you know, female that shuts everybody down. Like M&M says, no, we need to find room for everybody. They're trying to make their M&M makeover more inclusive. So the characters are getting a makeover. You're right. They're taking the the, the go-go boots away from the green M&Ms. They're keep, letting her keep her eyelashes, but they're going to give her some sneakers, which, you know, I appreciate that. Like we all need I a good sneaker moment. I yes. I mean, I wear, I wear knee high boots, maybe three, four times a year. I mean, yeah. I, I, t- I get down with that. Yes. So I say, yeah, I, I hear you. And they're also like the orange M&M. He um, apparently struggles with some mental health issues. Um, and they talk about that a little bit too. You know how he's always like really paranoid that somebody's trying to eat him. They're like, you know, oh, that's, yeah. you know, they're about that. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, but they're also changing the shapes and the sizes of the colors of M&M. So we're going to be able to see a different um, 
just a variety of shapes and sizes, which I think is pretty cool too. But I'm going to tell you how, (laughs) yeah, I support. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. I'm going to, you know what? Maybe this is the year that I support the blue M&M movement and I get over my bullshit about feeling like I got scores because it wasn't about me. It's never been about me. It's about the well-being of the M&M. And if people need to I find comfort in a blue M&M, then go right ahead. Well, I mean, they're not going to like do them dirty here. They're going to, no. they're going to make them jazzed up and I what better year to do it. M&M's hosting the super or halftime show. I, I say, this is a great collab. Yes. Why, why, why would you not? Maybe they make them like a little bit more like hip hoppy. I don't know. I don't know your vibe, but I feel like there's, there's a collab on the, on the horizon. I just, I would not be shocked if there's not like something dropping at a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. Should, should Perfect. we mention the, um, the Snickers? Should we mention that? <laughs> we should. <laughs> we should. Okay. So- I died. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I laughed for a bit, good 20 minutes. Good 20 minutes. Okay, so I originally found this story because I had seen a meme that said, if we're going to desexualize the green M&M, can we please take out the dick vein in a Snickers? <laughs> and I fucking lost it. But and now, now I can't hear that. see it. I can't unsee it. Like I look at a Snickers and I was like, oh, whoa. <gasps> okay. You're right. It's there. it's there. Right down the center candy bar <laughs> so candy is really coming into its own in 2022 and you know justice for the candy bars i guess i don't know y'all like this is just I, a wild ride that we're on right now i love that this is how we're ending the show because if you had to get all the way to minute whatever this is and you had to hear about the dick vein and the candy and bar the Snickers, yeah. <laughs> i yes i think that that you won today and you, you should carry that with you because it takes a whole episode to get to that kind of gold. And I'm glad you're all here. <laughs> we said it before. Go- we'll say it again. We love having you guys around. You definitely put a smile on our faces. I hope that we can reciprocate and give you a little giggle and just give you a little extra pep in your step this weekend as you're going off and living your best life. For sure. Um, don't have a shitty day. Hit the five stars. A little bloop bloop. Yeah. Bloop, bloop, bloop. So share easy. the pod and with a friend, you know, share the pod. That's another little bloop, bloop. Yeah. Slide into the DMs good. and let us know what you think. We love talking to you guys. Absolutely. It is something like, we, we absolutely look forward. Yeah. <laughs> we look weird. It's odd how much we're like, DMs. We love a DM moment. Thank you so much. We, we do. Great. Because we're that thirsty. <laughs> we are thirsty bitches. So we like pass on the back and weird messages. Mm-hmm. That's never changing. We do. Yeah, that's just who we are. Appreciate it. <laughs> Love you guys. See you next week. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Help keep the CZL momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review. If you love what you heard in today's episode, snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us.